not really sure what kind of unit I want. I might live with a roommate. I might not. So I'm kind of looking for a one bedroom or two bedroom or three bedroom. I don't really know. Right. <laughs> and then they give you a quote for, for all those different floor plans. And now I can record that data into a central area and compare and contrast it to our property. I'm Drew Brenneman, and this is the Rise and Invest podcast. I bought my first two properties as a 19-year-old with my own money that I earned from an online business I started in high school. I've now grown my portfolio from that first duplex to hundreds of millions of dollars of investment property. My goal with this show is to give you the resource I wanted when I first started out. Subscribe to our podcast where I break down real-life stories, tactics, strategies, and current market information you need to be a successful investor. let's jump to how we use our database then or yeah yeah let's do it um so you know an endeavor that i had um you know joining rise invest is that i wanted to make sure that when we underwrite a deal we have to do everything that's possible to make sure that that information is not lost um because when you're really you know trying to study a market it's almost like, you know, a, a network effect where let's say, you know, the value of Facebook or Twitter goes up as more users use it. Well, our understanding of the market goes up as we underwrite more deals. Yeah. But the the problem is that a lot of the time, you know, you make a model and it's a good model, but it gets saved down in the folder and then that information doesn't go to a central database and it's kind of lost forever and maybe i have a good pulse on the market but can i tell you the last you know the average stabilized cap rate of the last five deals i underwrote or the last 10 1970s vintage value add deals that i've been looking at um probably not i mean you're gonna forget that information it's gonna be lost um so you know one thing that i wanted to do was uh, build a central database that stores all this information, um, and it's something that's you know in incredibly value uh, incredibly valuable because one it allows us to track our pipeline and you know um, make sure that we're underwriting deals consistently. Um, whereas you know most shops, you know investment shops, they don't have something like this, so they underwrite a deal and then that information just kind of it's lost forever or it's just you know shelf yeah just buried somewhere yeah buried in the folder um so you know one thing that i instilled into our underwriting model is it's literally you know 20 to 30 lines of vba code where essentially it you click a button and then it calls for another excel file to open up and then from our underwriting model 900 variables will transfer over seamlessly to the central database. And now that information is all stored somewhere. So, you know, let's say, you know, over this past year, we've underwritten, you know, hundreds of deals. I can look back to, you know, things like um, locational data, uh, vintage, who the broker was, what return data was, um, the basis at which, you know, I was buying the property in terms of stabilized cap rate or price per unit, price per square foot. Um, I can make sure that I'm underwriting deals consistently in terms of what I'm inputting for payroll expenses and contract services and utilities and all of this um, and that. And, um, you know, it one, it helps us to, to manage a pipeline because 
we can go into the database and we can see all of the active deals that are are you know currently on the market or you know something that we're taking a look at and we can make sure that that you know a model doesn't get buried or you know we're not forgetting something and two you know it really helps us to discern what makes for a good risk adjusted investment cuz you know something that you know we all like to throw out there is like a stabilized cap rate and that seems to be kind of like the the universal metric that people like to look to in terms of evaluating an opportunity um, whereby I just take my stabilized pro forma, you know, stabilized rent, other income items minus my operating expenses divided by my all in basis in terms of purchase price, any renovation costs. Um, so, you know, when I have information on, let's say 30 deals that were, you know, 1970s, 1980s, 1990s vintage type property, um, where we're doing a renovation program, I can look to the database and see which opportunity is the most attractive. And that helps us, you know, with our decision making in terms of what we need to prioritize. Right. And again, earlier I was talking about, you know, being confident with your decisions. And this is another tool that makes that very easy to spot a good deal where if you've been underwriting a deal in a market and every deal stabilizes to let's just make up a number to a 5.0 cap rate once you have it stabilized and then you see one that comes through and it's a five and a half now mm -hmm. like that's obviously a good deal yeah like jump on it yeah you know it, that's and then what's nice too with the database you touched on it where also it's easy to see if we're doing things consistently because it's all just set up in columns so then you would say okay this is a five and a half cap i really like it then let's compare that with the other ones which you did already um to like the cap rate but then look at what you assumed Maybe yeah. the reason it's a five and a half cap is you accidentally, you know, you did the T12 payroll number, but it was a uh, $500 unit cheaper than all the other ones you underwrote. Yeah. And then you look at that and go, actually, wait a second. Uh, I need to change that. Where at most every, most everyone else is underwriting a deal. That's just all the information that's siloed in the deal underwriting file. You would never have a way to compare and go, oh, actually, I underwrote more other than just opening them all up in manually doing this, which is how we kind of got going on the database as we were buying the deal. And I was manually making that. Mm -hmm. And you were thinking, this is something I've always wanted to make. Let's just make it. Yeah. But I literally, I made a basically a manual version of, uh, of this just by referencing the things one by one, not 900 variables, obviously, but you know, 20 maybe. And mm -hmm. then, then we could compare, you know, apples to apples. Is this actually, you know, underwritten the same way as the other ones. And then that we realized this is a tool that we, if we could automate and then kind of expand on, it would be really valuable. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, just like you said, when, you know, you create something like that manually and, you know, I did this at my old job too, where you have to go into a folder and no one knows where like the final underwriting was or what it was saved down to um, in terms of like the file name. Um, and I have to open, say, three or four different, models and then you know transcribe that data over to another excel file and all all of a sudden you're spending hours you know manually transcribing data when you could have something that does it automatically and the thing too is that you know there are a lot of uh um software and platforms that actually do something like this for their clients where they can um, submit a model and then it, it transcribes all the data so it's in a central place. But the 
the difference with ours compared to to others, um, if we're using say a third priority platform, I need to actually go through the process of uploading my model, which takes time. I need to go to the website or wherever I need to find the exact file and I need to upload it, wait for um, that uploading to occur. And then I need to talk to a representative at that third party platform and ask them to organize it in a way where these are the metrics we really look to. You know, we want our platform to be organized like this. For us, that transfer of data happens seamlessly through just the click of a button. And then all the customization from thereafter, we can just do through Excel. So if I want to create a custom report, I can just do that and then reference the raw data that comes through the model and it becomes really valuable. Right. Yeah. I had demoed software where it would basically do this for you, but then yeah, you could have a model upload feature, but then it's like that's mapped just to what you have. If you change the location of any number, now they need to remap it mm-hmm. or you're manually submitting stuff to the website. And I remember doing the demo thinking I would need to hire someone just for inputting data at this point. Yeah. Like I guess it would be, it seemed like it would take uh, a long time to get the data on this. And then obviously then at that point now it's on someone else's system. So then now you're sort of beholden to whatever those costs are and it's whatever the platform is, maybe you can't filter it the way you want where, you know, Excel, I mean, that's so powerful. You can do, you can filter it any which way. And this is all sitting there as, you know, values basically that we, you know, own and control. So it's nice. Yeah. And it's 30 lines of VBA code and we have our own proprietary database system that yeah. I don't think anyone else can say they have. Yeah. And that's been <laughs> actually kind of, it's interesting. It's turning into almost like a, uh, a, a sales thing almost in a way yeah. where we explain that to potential investors and they get really, really interested in seeing what do you, what do you mean? And we could say in this made up example I have where the deal stabilizes at a five and a half cap, we can then use the database to say, Hey, here's the other 10 deals we were talking about. We underwrote that were all 5.0 cap rates here that is compared to it. And they could look across and go, yeah, these are under it the same. This one's jumping off the page is a good deal. Whereas otherwise they have no context or mm-hmm. we would have to send them 11 different deal models and let them kind of flip through and go, oh, okay, yeah, this is a higher cap rate than these other 10 spreadsheets they sent me. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, that, no, that's been a really great tool and something we'll continue to rely on heavily and in you. So kudos to you for, for, for making it and then, improving it yeah thank you download our 100 plus page passive investing guidebook today at riseinvest.com slash downloads accredited investors can sign up for our multifamily investment opportunities by hitting the invest now button on our website now back to the show great and i think probably last thing to get to is you know talking about how to figure out um you know rent comps let's say so one of the biggest pieces in especially in today's market where rental rates have gone up a lot in so many areas, a lot of buildings you're buying it and the lease, maybe it was signed like a year ago and prices have changed. Um, and even in, you know, it could be moving in other times the rents could be going down or, um, one thing that, so it's to me, one of the most important variables that you're, uh, need to figure out in your model is going to be, what are the rents going to be, you know, once you're the owner. Mm-hmm. So that's, I think that would be, makes sense to close with is this is almost, this is more basic potentially, but it's worth talking about cause there's no, you know, this isn't some fancy feature in something or something. This is more, um, something you're finding on your own, you know, as the person underwriting yeah. it, where 
we were talking about the stuff you're given. You're given a trailing financials. You're given the current rents. But one of the things you need to figure out and find is what are the new rents going to be? Yeah. So what are some ways we're doing that? Yeah. And yeah, I mean, just to, to um, add to that, you know, the the rent data that comes through the rent roll that we integrate into our model, that's not end all be all right. There might be uh, an obvious trend that you can visualize um, whereby, you know, the the rents, you know, say that were signed in this month are 10 percent greater than the rents that were signed six months ago. But just because I have the rental rate data from this given month, that doesn't mean that's necessarily what market rents should be. Um, depending on who the property manager is or who the current owner is, it might be just a high net worth investor who wants to operate the property for occupancy and cash flow, and they don't really, um, yep. you know, they're not very, you know, vigilant in terms of how the rents are growing. Um, so, you know, one of the 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 tools that we we utilize, um, and you know, we reference a third party data provider called Yardi Matrix, um, whereby like I can look to the specific address or find the property that I'm evaluating right now, and I can search for similar properties within a certain vicinity of our property, say three mile radius, or you know if it's Phoenix, I'm, I'm backed up against the mountain, then I'll just look you know, three miles to the north or something like that um, and search for, you know, property size, vintage, um, location. And I can export that data and we build what we call the the Yardi rent regression where we import the data from Yardi into this model and we end up just clicking a button and it cleans and sorts the data in a way where we can easily discern what the comps should be. So when we do clean up the data, you know, it goes through a regression model and it shows, you know, on an X, Y axis, what's the square footage of a particular unit? What's the, um, what's the rent for that particular unit? Let's run it through a regression line and then also organize the data to understand, you know, this is the vintage of this property. This is the, the rent. This is the rent per square foot. This is the unit type whether it's a you know one by one or a two by one or a two by two, um, you know, that's an essential component for us identifying what the comps actually are. Cause that's actually a problem in and of itself is just identifying which properties am I competing against? When I look to market rent, what are the properties that I should reference in terms of, you know, setting my basis for what I think market rent should be for our property that we're evaluating. Um, so yeah, that's all to say, you know, it's a tool that allows us to um, evaluate which properties should be the rents. And then we dig even deeper by adding our own like human observation um, to that by actually what we call just shopping the comps or go shopping, um, where we will do a combination of going to that property's website and identifying which units are being listed for what kind of rent, um, calling the actual property manager and getting quoted, you know, we're calling as if, you know, we were actually moving into the area saying like, Hey, I'm, I'm moving to Phoenix or I'm moving to Chicago and I not really sure what kind of unit I want. I might live with a roommate. I might not. So I'm kind of looking for a one bedroom or two bedroom or 
three bedroom, I don't really know. Right. <laughs> and then they give you a quote for for all those different floor plans. And now I can record that data into a central area and compare and contrast it to our property. And then, you know, we also pair that with actually going in person to tour the property itself, making sure, you know, from a location standpoint, from, you know, uh, a finishes standpoint, you know, should we deviate our assumptions um, one way or another based on, you know, a variety of factors and actually touring the property in person? Because, you know, real estate, you know, we like to you know, it's it's something that's done physically. You got to go in person to actually see it. You can't just do real estate through, a, you know, a computer screen. Um, so that's something that we do a lot when we're evaluating these uh, these right. opportunities. Yeah, because I think uh, kind of early, uh, you know, the first place I ever worked, that was one of the things we had the interns doing. They were, but they were just manually like looking around on the internet for what would be a comp. Mm-hmm. You know, so then and then they would call. And so what's interesting with using the, the rent regression is it shows what essentially what are the similar properties and whether however you want to categorize that, you know, in terms of the, the rent, you know, per foot or whatever you want to look at and kind of fine tunes who, what you should be calling. There's no if you have a property that's, you know, five years old and charging fifteen hundred dollars for two beds, there's no reason to be looking at the place charging nine hundred dollars for older units. You yeah. know, it's not a not a comp, whereas in the doing it without that step you would go to the website or whatever for that property and then you'd realize okay this isn't a comp and then you're um you know it's it's definitely a lot slower where yardy yeah they have a list of all the buildings mm-hmm. so and then can pull it yeah because then that and then when you're talking about going in in person just want to clarify that i mean anytime we're getting close to buying any deal we are going to the competing rental properties uh to the one we're looking at buying and we're going as as renters you know, and showing and, and doing the same thing we we're talking about doing on the phone there, but in person as potential renters, just to make that clear. Because when we say going to the property, maybe uh, if you heard that, you thought that meant, you know, we go tour the building we're going to buy. Obviously, we do that. <laughs> but then as part of that is then we go, uh, you know, and we do this always on the same basically like out, a trip is then we go to the ones we identified as comps. And then it's this real sort of seamless for us. But then, OK, we're going to go to the other buildings and we're just say what you're saying. We're looking for one beds, maybe two. I'm not sure, you know, maybe, maybe we'll both move, you know, I don't know. We're just, we don't have much of a plan. Sorry. Let's just see what you got. You know, and yeah, give me all your marketing materials if you could, you know, and then, and then that, you know, they, um, you know, so then that, cause also things change where they might not have updated their website or you call and they're kind of, you know, I don't, they're just, they give you just some of the info, but you go in person, get a real tour. Um, I mean, I remember we at one of these deals I was shopping in Texas just as a potential renter. This gal was talking to me about the single family home market for like 20 minutes where you just get like a lot of color, you know, that you wouldn't have got uh, just over the phone. Mm-hmm. She was really struggling buying a house just in terms of so competitive. Yeah. You know, where she was at like a four hundred thousand dollar price point in Dallas. And it's just, you know, <laughs> every deal got like 20 offers, you know, um, you know, within this, you know, you can ask about that or do we get and then so I was able to get a lot of info on the building and that particular area. Um even what she thought of the company she worked at, you know, which could be, you know, a management company we might hire for something. So it was, you know, you, you get a lot from going in person. Uh, so that's a big, big takeaway. So great. Well, yeah, appreciate uh, running through all the seven. I mean, nice, nice job with, with everything describing. I know some of this is kind of in the weeds and a bit complicated. So hopefully, you know, it all, <laughs> all made sense for everybody, but I think that's a good spot to, to stop. So. 
Cool. Yeah, it was fun being back on and describing all the tools that we use to underwrite. And uh, yeah, it's worked so far and we've been successful. And uh, yeah, hopefully more uh, more um, uh, good things on the way yeah. in terms of uh, our analytical infrastructure. Yeah, we're always working to try to improve things or come up with new new things we can also use. And I mean, this is one thing, too, that sort of, you know, it helps reduce risk and sort of kind of see where the opportunities are. So I mean, some of this, if it's, um, you know, especially as you get into these larger deals, you got to, as you were talking about earlier, is find ways to save time and uh, streamline things. So this is hopefully there's some takeaways for everybody in this, whether you're buying a large buildings or, you know, on over to this, like a single family house. I mean, there's a stuff you can take away at any, any deal size, I feel like. So yeah, nice job with this. Yeah. Thank you. Great. Well, yeah, until next time, everyone, thanks for joining us and we'll see you on the next episode. Thanks for joining us on the Rise and Invest podcast. Please be sure to hit that subscribe button on YouTube or wherever you enjoy your podcasts. If you'd like to dive even deeper into real estate investing, check out our company's website, riseinvest.com, where we have numerous free resources and information that can help both active and passive real estate investors. Our 100 plus page passive investing guidebook, our trends report, and our blog are all available on our website. If you are an accredited investor, you can get started today as a passive investor in our multifamily investment opportunities by hitting the invest now button on our website. The views and opinions expressed in this podcast are those of Drew Brenneman and guests as of the date of recording and do not purport to reflect the views or opinions of Rise Invest Holdings LLC and its subsidiaries. The views and opinions are provided for informational purposes only and should not be relied upon or deemed as investment or tax advice or an offer to buy or sell securities. And the speaker cannot be held responsible for any direct or incidental loss incurred by applying any of the information offered.